Tap In Time, a Chapman Stick podcast. Whether you've played the instrument for years or are just curious, if it's stick talk you're looking for, this is the place. So come along and stay a while. Hello out there and welcome to the Tap In Time podcast. This is episode eight. I'm Claire. I'm Rodrigo. I'm Jean. I'm Victor. Looking back on our first stick is a sentimental journey of sorts, an affectionate stroll through yesteryear recalling all the newfound joys of becoming a stickist or a tapper. But there's always a next one. In this episode, we look at what motivated us to get our first stick, our next instrument, and why we keep wanting more. Welcome to another episode of Tap and Time. Today, we're going to talk about your first stick, your current stick, and possibly your next stick. We're going to talk about the motivation for purchasing the first instrument, what information was gathered in advance of purchasing that instrument, um, any details on the sale of the instrument. Maybe you've had a, you know, kind of a, a shady person that you bought it from like I did. <laughs> you got your first instrument. Yeah, some dark alley somewhere. It was a little bit like that, but we're, we're going to get into that. And uh, finding your way with the tuning and the intonation, comparisons to the instrument that maybe you learned how to play music on. Uh, in my case, it was the guitar. And, and then we'll get around to what is what is your next stick? And Rodrigo's going to pose a very pertinent question, I think, that we'll all have to kind of ask ourselves. I am. That doesn't pertain <laughs> just to the Chapman stick, but... Right, what comes next? So, Rodrigo, I'm going to start with you because even though you've been playing for five years and you're far more, well, I can only speak for myself, far more accomplished than myself, like, you know, like, uh, what was your motivation? And tell me about your first stick and the decision that went into it. Well, first of all, I disagree with that thing you just said. No stick is compared to one another. So, that's the first thing that I, I like about this instrument and uh, the whole community. So, with that being said, just take the compliments, sir. Oh, come on. Yeah, well, compliment, I'm doing a compliment. Too. Anyway, uh, so the, the stick just rang the bell, you know. So the first time I saw it, it rang the bell. So I was checking out online and I just went with the cheapest option. So it, that was that. So at, at that time, I, the cheapest one available was uh, purchasing a railboard directly from Stick Enterprises. I f found a, a few of them on uh, on eBay and stuff, but they were all wood sticks all of them more expensive than a railboard so that was that was it and that's the reason why I, why I had it the reason why i fell in love with the instrument and the whole technique cutting a very long story short it's just it's it's a recognition you know when you find something and you you really want to give it a go and you want to try it you feel like you need to do that for some stupid reason you really need, need to do that so it's a very emotional choice and I think for most stickists it is because there's a lot of guys out there with sticks that are not professional musicians and they do fall in love with the instrument, with the, the sound, with the technique or the, the possibilities, whatever. But it's a very emotional choice that leads us uh, into purchasing an instrument that most of us never even had a chance to play before we, we buy it. So there's all this uh, emotional side involved with it. I would agree. It becomes an emotional journey of sorts as you start to see other people's experience in particular for me. 
you know, how it affected them and the way it changed them. So, you know, Claire, I think you got your stick, I mean, like just a year before I first met you, right? Yeah, about a year and a half. And she was playing Chopin. It's like, but come on. Like, <laughs> she's probably like, it's the only thing I could play, right? Like, that's, that's the excuse you're going to make, right? Kind of was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it an excuse if it's the truth? <laughs> I had thought of it that way. So, well, I, I think I've mentioned this before. I got, I got my stick as part of um, a grand plan um, of getting my master's degree. Um, and I, I wish I could remember what kind of made me look at the stick in the first place, but I did. And it kind of triggered it. There were various things going on in my life at the time. And I was really getting into more algorithmic kind of music and interactive stuff. And again, I, I just don't remember what got me to look at the stick. And it just seemed like the perfect instrument for it because of, you know, the two different sides that you can process separately. And I, I got dual MIDI pickups on my first stick as well. Um, but that was the motivation. I ordered it in like October of 2011 and I received it in January of 2012. Um, I started my master's degree in January of 2012 as well. So I kind of did this crazy start grad school and learn a new instrument at the same time. Wow. That's actually a pretty short lead time you got there also. I know. It was great. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was at the time. So I don't know. It just worked out. It worked out perfectly. I remember I was, I, I go to the NAMM show every January and when I got back from Mam, my my instrument was waiting for me. So it was a it was a ten string. I think it's the dark bamboo. I can't remember exactly. This is something I hadn't heard before that you that you went to Nam, and then you get fired up and you go home and there's a box waiting it's for you. It's funny because prior I've I've gone to Nam almost every year since like two thousand three. Um, and and prior to that, I don't know that I had seen a stick at Nam. Um, they were there. Like I I know when I look back at like information about even stick enterprises at the show. They must have been there at some point. And I don't know. I just must have walked right by. Who knows? The time wasn't but right. Since then, yeah. I've <laughs> I've I've like talked to everybody. I think probably since that January, I talked to everybody who holds a stick or, or any kind of tapping instrument and I go say hello. And since then it's been kind of one of the really nice bonuses of going to NAM is just to hang out. And we've had the NAM stick night a bunch thanks to Gene and, and Robin. Um but yeah it was waiting for me. I I I had not played an instrument prior to ordering mine. I just kind of did it. And I knew somebody who had sort of a more vintage stick. It might have been an ironwood, kind of the metal belt hook, none of the the real adjustability. And this person wasn't really playing it. And, and he kind of he was kind enough to let me borrow it. Um, at the time, I had no clue what I was doing. So I ordered medium strings because that's what I was getting for mine. And it just I couldn't really make it work and it had a bit of a bent in, in the neck. What's wrong just, with medium strings? What's, what's There's nothing wrong. They just don't go on those vintage strings. Oh, on the older instrument. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't the right thing for that Oh, instrument. so it probably had intonation issues then, huh? Let's just say it didn't play nearly as well as when I got my my own right. stick. Just because, not, not because the instrument was bad, just because it was a combination of it probably needing a little help and... Um, you know, just me not knowing anything of what I was doing. So I, I actually, um, let's see. Yeah, the, the tuning, I went with classic because it seemed like that was the standard. I had no idea about tunings. I kind of was a stickist stalker at the time. I don't think I joined stickist. <laughs> wait, wait, that's a new term. That's a new term. Stop, stop, stop. That's a new term. Stick stock. So stick stock is when you 
<laughs> I, I just, I kind of checked everything on the stickest, what was getting posted. I searched through the archives and I, it's funny because you always see the same questions come up there, right? What tuning should I get? Why? Oh, what pickup um, should I get? Like, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of unanswerable, right? Um, <laughs> so I, I went with classic cause that seemed like, well, it's the classic. Why not? And funny enough, I, I did start lessons pretty much immediately after getting my stick um, with Greg and he kind of convinced me to go with baritone. And I, and I say that he kind of suggested it and, and being someone of like, well, why? Like why? I kind of pushed him on why should I change? Mm-hmm. Um, and he had some good responses that kind of made sense to me. So I, I did go ahead. It was kind of good because I immediately got into changing strings. <laughs> it was a little mm-hmm. terrifying. Changing intonation, again, very terrifying. Um and Claire, you're a pianist, right? I mean, by nature, your I first am. I instrument was a piano. So I don't all tune these my instrument. <laughs> What's this tuning? Not <laughs> intonation. Somebody I have a piano. We hire somebody to do that. There's way too many strings, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I have a man that comes and does that for you. <laughs> it's true, though. You don't ever. You don't like ever do that on your own. So, yeah, I got a lot done with that stick. Like I, I know I, I haven't really released much of anything of music but i in, in the three years i did my masters i actually recorded a bunch of stuff with it because i was just really experimenting a lot so, so your experience to, to me was quite unique because you were new to a stringed instrument and for me it's like i've played a mandolin i've played a guitar 12 string guitar i paid four five six string basses all these things i've tried and i've held them in my hand and it's <laughs> it's like if you're a saxophone player right I also and, play saxophone. Right. Okay. There you go. So <laughs> let's just say you're a sitar player. All right. There. Let's say you're a sitar player and you pick up a saxophone. It's, it's, it's like good. another world. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's a good thing in the sense that I didn't have, I think a lot of, I, I think I see this in a lot of folks that come from bass and guitar that they think they're going to have an easy time with it because they play bass or guitar. Uh-huh. You see that a lot on Stickus where it's like, oh, I didn't realize this was just different. I can't think about it as a bass or a guitar. And I think I, I fortunately, because I didn't come from those instruments, I didn't have any preconceived ideas of how, how I should, you know, play it. And I think it's an extra step. I think that folks who do play those instruments have to go through. It's, it's funny. I went, I think my first seminar was Vancouver. And I think uh, Jim mentioned this. I was already playing the the Chopin then and I played it and and I had all these people that were like, oh, it must be really easy for you because you play piano. And it was kind of maddening because <laughs> I worked on that piece like forever. I'd been I I started that piece when I got the stick, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. it I'd been working on it like at least a year before I played it. And it's not exactly a hard piece if you, you know, for me, I can, I sight read it on piano. So it was kind of, it was just, it's not a difficult piece in in any kind of sense. And it took me a lot of work to be able to play it. And I had all these, oh, it must be easy for you because you play piano. It's like, oh, that was just maddening. But I, I kind of get where they're coming from because I think if you're a bass or guitar player, you're used to having your hands do completely different things. You have one hand that, you know, your, your fretting hand picks the pitch and then your picking or strumming hand does the timing, right? And the dynamics, though. Like, the, is, yep. it, is it, are you raking across the strings with your finger? Are you gently plucking it with your fingers? Are you using a pick? You know, are you using both? You know, like. Yeah. So I think that combination of using two hands to create one event, let's say, I think those players have to undo that first, right? Yeah. Whereas piano, I'm used to like when I touch a note, 
that's the velocity. It selects multiple things similar to how a stick does, right? Sure. Or a tapped instrument. I think I've mentioned this. One of the things I really love about stick is you're, you've got your hands on the sound. You're, you're touching the strings. You're, you're touching the sound. That, that's what I love about stick. It, it took me a while to really get the hang of vibrato and, and just, you know, really have vibrato on a piano. Um, yeah. uh, and it's funny. And I knew I was really a stick player. I think it was like probably two years after I got my stick again, I was at the NAMM show and I was trying, you know, you get to try all these keyboards and I found myself like wiggling my finger on a keyboard like, <laughs> auto, and I'm like, all right, I'm finally like, it was a weird kind of, I think I'm a stick player now. Cause wow. I, I assume I can do, but it was, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I've kind of gone on for a while, maybe nice to hear. Well, we'll, we'll get to Vic, but, but I do, I do think your experience is, is unique because, uh, because it just wasn't a, a stringed instrument. So, um, and then I was surprised to hear, Vic, that you weren't a bassist, I guess, that you were a guitarist, actually, right? Well, the guitarist is such a strong word. Um, <laughs> so you owned a guitar. Yeah, I owned a guitar. I could play a lot of the basic chords and and such, but I never performed or played with anybody. It was, you know, just, just a bedroom guitar player that really never stuck with it long enough to actually get dangerous. Going back to, to Claire, just for a second, something else that... Uh, that I'm envious of is not only as a piano player, are you used to splitting your brain up, but you know, you're a lifelong pianist and I assume you played at a high level to get to where you are today. When I saw you play that Chopin piece, one of the things that really kind of blew me away was not just that you played it. There was, there was a sense of refinement in your playing. When I play something, I can hit the right notes but, you know, a lot of times I'm hitting the right notes and it really doesn't sound all that good. You know, it's like when I watch a piano player that's been playing for four or five years and they're playing these pieces. But then I see a pianist that's been playing for a few decades play the same piece and it sounds totally different. And they hit the exact same notes and probably with the exact same timing. But there's a sense of refinement and control in, you know, each note has just the intended velocity to sound awesome and refined. And when I saw you play that Chopin piece, I was thinking to myself, you know, not only does it sound good because she's hitting all the notes right, the whole thing sounded just refined. Mm. And that's what made that piece so good to me. And I just wanted to say that, especially since you got your stick, I think within a month or two of when I got mine. And of course, you know, that wasn't encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> well, very kind words. And I, I think I'll echo, uh, I think Rodrigo said this where, you know, we're all, we're all on different journeys. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good. And actually in a way that was good because that was my first, I'm going to put this thing on eBay experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no. I, I don't like to hear that. Yeah. I've had that. And I've still got my stick and I've actually, I'm on my third stick. So obviously, you know, I, I got over it, but anyhow, <laughs> it doesn't mean I haven't thrown it out the window a couple. So times. I mean, I, I guess I'll like I said, it's very kind of you. I think you know, man, instruments are hard, and and a yeah. lot of times you you have to kind of. It's a very physical. It's a mind body thing, and it takes a long. I mean, playing an instrument takes a long time. It's a long time to do it. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 a lifelong process. Yeah. And, you know, I think I'm getting better. I'm still, obviously, I've got a long, 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 long way to go. But, you know, pieces like 
like that. And, you know, it helps that I play with some very talented musicians as well, you know, when I'm playing at church. And most of the time, when, when the day's over, you know, uh, it's, wow, what was I doing on the stage with those people? And how did I get up there? Like, yeah. I'm not sure if this is like good or bad or helps or not, but I've also had those experiences where I was like, uh, I'm just going to throw my stick off a bridge now. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, I think deep, we all have the that. deepest part of the river underneath that bridge. And... <laughs> so, so Vic, I want to talk about your, your first stick here though. Cause I think it was, it was the Chirara, right? It was the 10 string Chirara. Uh, it was a 10 string bamboo actually. 10 string bamboo. bamboo. Okay. Yeah. And in some ways that was my perfect instrument, but I also kind of binge read uh, the stick of stick stock. Yeah, I stick stocked, and I actually you can say it. It's okay. I can I can go one further. <laughs> stick stock. Yeah. Well, okay. Not uh, you know not phonetically or linguistically, okay. but um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I did it after I got it or before I got it while I was deciding. But at the time, you could read the stick wire archives. And I read the entire Stickwire archive going back to, I think it was the mid-1990s. But anyway, I stick-stocked Stickwire. Stick <laughs> I did it. I did it. I think, I think we all do. <laughs> we all stick-stock. Was it a passive four? Yeah, it was a passive four. And actually, I, uh, I didn't really put very much thought into the purchase because I wanted one now. And back then, mm. there were several, what does he call them, reserve production units that he used to do when there, when he ah. when, when he had production capacity, but no orders. You know, apparently someone in the organization said, "Okay, we got production capacity. Let's make a bamboo ten string, and we'll put green poly pearl linear inlays on it, and we'll have these tuners." And they did it. And I looked at a couple of the pictures online. I I clicked to go as fast as I could because I was sure someone was going to buy it out from under me. And I had it a week later. Wow, uh, that's amazing. But at the time, though, you know, mm -hmm. okay, why did I do it? Well, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no musical background. I just knew that it looked like a really fun instrument to play. And it looked like it had a lot of potential that could go in different directions if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a question? What, what was the thing that made you buy it? Why did you want to play an instrument since you already tackled with a guitar yeah, on and off? Okay. What made you think I'm going to do this? So I had just decided that I was spending too much time playing online computer games. And so I had stopped and I had a lot of extra time. What was your game? I got to know. What was your game? Because <laughs> mine was StarCraft. Mine was, okay. I couldn't stop playing okay. StarCraft. Uh, mine was Master of Orion 2. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, I was one of those people. And it came, it, it occurred to me. I need a hobby. I need a real <laughs> hobby. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so I had some free time to get back to your question. I think Rodrigo, I had some free time and I needed a hobby and I'd always wanted to play music and I had been playing rock band and guitar hero with my kids a lot. And, you know, you're not really playing the instrument, but sitting there with, with three other people and making stuff happen, you know, it's the illusion of playing music. And that was really mm -hmm. fun. And I've always enjoyed watching live musicians. I've always enjoyed the interaction that they have, sometimes it's subtle, sometimes I don't even notice it. And that's been one of my goals as time has gone on is when I do play with other musicians is learning how to interact with them. And like everything else, you know, I've barely scratched the surface. I really don't interact as well as I'd like to, except with my drummer. 
whenever I'm playing, you know, okay, great. Turn your head to the left, look at the guy's right foot and get locked in. Yeah. That's about the extent of all I can do. I can't look at the pianist and see what the pianist is doing and try and match them. So right now I'm trying to talk myself into making an investment in time in ear training. But uh, anyway, I, I was playing, I was playing a lot of rock band with my kids and in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, you got time and this is really fun. Pick up your guitar, get serious. Well, then a band I really like, at the time I was online looking for videos of them. Uh, it's a progressive rock band from the UK called Iona. And they're Celtic and they've got like, you know, they got Ilian pipes and they got Irish whistles and they've got a badass guitar player. And that's what led me to them is the guitar player is, is really, really good. And well, I was looking at some old videos of them and they weren't always really hard Celtic. They were always Celtic, but back in the early days, in like the early 90s, they were more of a jazz rock Celtic type of sound. And I was looking at a, looking at old videos just to understand the history of the band. And there's Nick Beggs sawing away on a Chapman stick. They had uh, Nick Beggs for like three years in the 90s through two albums. And wow, that looks like a kick in the pants to play. And that was kind of the beginning of the snowball that that's where it started. And that's yeah. that's where it started. So it was like a band that you liked, and then you were kind of researching them, and then along comes this instrument. Anyway, that's uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of a boring it was exciting to me. That's not but, it's it's not boring at all. I mean, have you guys noticed that none of us when we pick the, the stick up, we know exactly what we're doing. So we're all just, you know, <laughs> got that right. Yeah, nobody knows it. But the thing is, there's a bunch of people that keep playing the, the instrument and, and evolving with it. And usually it's the kind of people that don't really have too much of a, a formatted idea of what they want to do. Like, I want to play guitar, or I want to play bass on this instrument, or I want to do this very specific thing. Most of us that we uh, survived the early stages of, of a stick learning. I survived. It's like, I don't really know what I want to do. I just, so we're just, we just. Stage one of. Exactly. But in everyone's story, Claire's story, Vic's story, Gene's story, and in my own story, it's like, well, I like this and I, I came from this side and this is what caught my eye. But what do you want to do? I've, Vic, you said it, the most beautiful expression you said. Uh, the illusion of playing music. So I guess that's what keeps us going. Eventually we find ourselves a, a route and each one has its own and it's different, but I guess it's it's just that. It's just uh, nobody really knows, but as long as you keep an open mind and an open heart, the stick will show a, a path that's suitable for, for each one of us. I think that's maybe like a, a pro and con of the instrument where there's just not... <laughs> You know, yeah, you're laughing, Gene, but um, it's so I mean, true. we know this. It's if you're thinking about guitar, like there's a million places you can go see a guitar, you can get tutorials, you can do all this stuff. And I and I know like these days there's a lot more options for for finding out about the stick and learning about it than there was, you know, I don't know, 30 years ago or whatever. But it, it's tough because a lot of the time you are kind of venturing into something you you really have no idea where it's going to end. And I, and I know there's, you know, we know there's plenty of people who buy an instrument and end up just not using it or getting rid of it because it's not for them. And that there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I think maybe this is maybe for the folks who are thinking about one call or contact stink enterprises or get on stickist. I've, I've done this where like stick enterprises got in touch and was like, Hey, there's a guy in your area that wants to check out a stick. Do you mind? And I was like, sure. 
Um, so it's more just finding that there's probably somebody near you or relatively near you that's willing to come let you like see the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I-, I love the story about uh, uh, Rodrigo that you have with Boas. Yeah, Boaz. that's a beautiful story. Yeah, it's so cool because like Boas is like, I'll be right over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and this is in Israel. You, you know, I'm, I'm picking up coffee. How do you like it? <laughs> But but when you as a stickist or, or someone who was curious about the stick, then there's this guy like foaming at the mouth, you know, just like, you know, just like, I just want to share it with you. I want to share it. And it was like, just let me say this. Boaz is like the, the personification of the, the, the community. So he's the guy that's willing to give you something, let you see it, let you try it just to, you know, get that bug into you. And then he'll leave you alone and you're just... You just you're can't on your own. have it. Yeah, but he will do that. And he's the kindest guy. So my story, just very, very short. I was touring and I wrote on stickers. Uh, is there anybody in France or in Israel, that those were the places I was going to play, that has a Chapman stick that will let me try it? And there's this guy saying in Israel, well, I'm close enough. Uh, where are you going? I'm going to Jerusalem or I'm going to, to in Tel Aviv. So after, I don't know, two, three messages, he said, well, I'm going to, I'm driving from my house and I'll meet you at your hotel when you get there and I'll bring my stick. So that was it. And it's like, he drove for, I don't know, one hour or something, got in his car, drove for an hour, met me at my hotel, show me the stick. And then I invited him to have lunch. And then he went on his way again, an hour drive to, to his home. And it's like, and I, first thing that, that struck me was, I wouldn't have done this for anyone, <laughs> you know. So I wouldn't I, I meet a know. strange I mean, I guy. Would now. I went to Lisbon and I met up with this cool guy that plays stick, and he picked me and my dad up at the hotel. Yeah, you know, and we you, went you to have dinner. To, you have and to I, thank Boas for that too. It's just funny, right? Because you did it too. I mean, I wasn't looking to to like learn about the stick at the time, but like you kind of. Yeah, but that's the thing with paying forward, right? Boaz did that to me, and I did it to you, and so. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Hold on, what just happened there? Well, I was in Lisbon, like it's last year. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I got in touch with uh, Rodrigo. Yeah, oh, I got in touch, and and I was like, I was there on vacation, so I'm like, hey, are you playing? I was just seeing if he's playing anywhere. Yeah. Um, and he was, but he was kind enough to like. I was there. I was traveling with my dad, and he picked us up at the airport. He was doing a uh, an evening presenting the stick to what was it? A, a fraternity? Fraternity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fraternity? Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh my goodness, this building was amazing. I don't remember the name of the place, but it was amazing. Unfortunately, my my dad and I were exhausted because we flew in at like six a.m. that morning, but mm. it was pretty cool. And I and I I got to like pick out little pieces of what he was talking about in, in, in Portuguese. So yeah, then invited us all to dinner. So it was a really fun evening, wow. a nice evening, evening of Chapman stick playing. Yeah, uh, I had no idea cool. about that. That is an awesome story. So you, you might be the only Chapman stick player on the planet that has presented at a fraternity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So what about you, Gene? What's that's a good one. This is a good one. So it was 19, 19- 89, possibly 1990. And, you know, you kids, you kids, you know, <laughs> had the benefit of Back having in your, day. your YouTuber and your internet and all the things <laughs> and that go with the World Wide Web. But I had to use the recycler. So the recycler was, it's like eight pikas, double-sided. There's like 10,000 ads on like 40 pages. And scrolling through them and finding like used bases or used so is the recycler was that like the the 1980s equivalent of reverb or something like that 
But it wasn't full focused on music. I mean, you could get like an engine for an 87 Chevy Camaro that had two missing pistons. But the thing is, is there wasn't a picture of it. And you didn't know who this person was. I mean, like this could never happen today. It's too shady. You know, it was like you'd end up in a salt mine somewhere. Like you just like it, it doesn't end well for the people that use the recycler in the 21st century. But back in the day, you could go to somebody's house and uh, you look at this instrument and you'd say, yeah, here's the cash, you know, and do the transaction right there. And they'd be like, do you want a receipt? Yeah, here I'm going to write on a piece. You just like. Grab like the phone bill envelope. You just like buy names, Arthur. I sold Gina's stick for $500 cash. Have a day, you know? And so but when I bought my Chapman stick, it was to the recycler and it was 500 bucks. And it didn't say our better offer. It was like 500 bucks. I called him up. He's like, yeah, I got to move this thing. I got to. Just let me interrupt you. Did you understand something? So the recycler is on paper, something that's yeah. like a newspaper. You, okay. I paid seventy-five cents for it. Like you, you okay. gotta like buy the oh, recycler. So your first like, stick cost five hundred dollars and seventy-five cents. <laughs> the gas getting there, I stopped for food. I mean, it wasn't cheap, you know. <laughs> but, but you couldn't stick stock, could you? Good <laughs> way. So it was in a. I'm pretty sure it was Burbank. And the first thing I remember, like coming up to the doors, I heard a baby crying. And when we found, when I finally did get in, it was this guy. He was like in his like mid twenties, early thirties, or something. And I would have been, I would have been about twenty one. So lets me in, and you know he's kind of checking me out the whole time. And in his, he's married, or his girlfriend, or the mother of their child is is, is there as well. And there's a baby. And uh, he comes in. I look at the instrument. It's in a case, the old wooden case. And um, I open it up, but it's an ironwood. And I didn't know it was an ironwood. I just knew it was a Chapman stick. And um, you know, I look at it. He's like, do you want to plug it in? And I just wanted it so bad. I just was like, here's the money. And he's like, do you want to plug it in? I'm like, here's the money. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, it works. And it has the special cable. You have to use the special cable. I'm like, here's the money. I <laughs> give me the instrument. And I was like, literally going to walk out with it. And he's like, it has a case. I'm like, oh, it has a case and a special cable. And he's like, yeah, you need a belt. I'm like, I have a belt. He's like, okay, but you might need a, okay. He was just like, give me the money. Like, <laughs> like the baby's crying. And I just wanted to get out of there. I just wanted to get out of there. And um, so he gives me the case. He's like, oh, wait, there's a strap with it. And he's trying to find the strap. And I was like, it's cool. He's like, let me find the strap. He's like, I know you're like ready to go. So let me find the strap. Finds the strap in this like other instrument case. And I was like, whatever. You know, just like put it in the case and, and I got out of there. First thing I did, I get home. Now, mind you, this thing was so old. It was an old ironwood and nothing special about it at all. So the metal belt hook, right? The curved metal belt hook with one setting, the setting. And then it had stainless steel frets. And when I opened it up, the first thing I did was is I took the cable and I put it aside and I plug in my cable. You idiot. Right. And I'm like, and that bass sound, I wonder if the right side makes sound, you know? Like, <laughs> and of course, like so many people before me, I was like, hey, man, the left side, like, I didn't say the left side or the right side, I just was like, the, the, the instrument doesn't work. And he was Gene like, he's holding his hand up to his face. Like he's on the phone, by the way. <laughs> he's like, did you use the special cable? I'm like, 
I used a special cable. She's like, <laughs> okay, so you need a special cable or you need like a Y adapter. I was like, Y adapter? What's a Y? I'm like a bassist, right? A bassist in a rock band. I'm like, Y adapter? And so finally, he convinces me. He's like, look, I'm keeping the money, but the instrument works. This would have been like three or four days later. So I'm like, well, now I'm stuck with this broken instrument. And finally, finally, I listened to what this guy was saying. And uh, the information I told, got through. Or I just was like so sad. I was like, I bet I should probably RTM, like read the manual, right? So it was just like, okay, I'm going to plug this into, I, I figured out how, I think it was I couldn't because I had like a bass amp or a guitar amp. And then I tried plugging them like into two different amps. And I was like, oh, it's not broken. It's not broken. 500, I didn't just waste $500. So anyways, long story short, that was my, my first stick. And it was really, really old and it had a stick up. And I remember reaching out to Emmett Yuta and being able to um, drive down the street, darlings, to go drop <laughs> off my instruments. No stick weight here. They greeted me at the door and they're like, well, fix it while you wait. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and and I, I do recall, like, as soon as I got there, Emmett's like, you know, we've got these other sticks as well. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just figured out that this instrument works, you know, and such a great salesman. And um, <laughs> I turned that stick into a full-on MIDI grid. And it was lost in a fire. It was lost in a fire. Alas, you can never go home. Claire's crying. I know it is sad. It's sad. Well, either she's crying or she's drinking beer. I don't So we've reminisced about getting our first tapping instrument. For us, that's all been a stick. Now let's get into why we want more. There's never enough, right? Victor. Victor, why, why, why second stick? Why couldn't you just be content wow. with one? Uh, I went to my second stick because I wanted a 12 string and I'm not going to completely rehash that. I, I talked about it a lot in the episode number four a dime a dozen but essentially it's really steve adelson's and jim meyer's faults steve adelson during a lesson or three told me you know hey you know you should probably consider getting a 12 string i didn't want to you know i liked my 10 string i liked my bamboo i liked my poly pearl inlays mm. but then i went to a vancouver seminar as i'm apt to do in years where we're actually permitted to have one and during one of them on stick night, I paid more attention, I think, to, to Jim's left hand than I had paid attention to anyone playing with the left hand. And he was using that 12th string to be, you know, kind of like Kevin Keith was saying, and, and, you know, a lot of others have said, 
that was where it kind of sunk in that, you know, your left hand is the bass and it's the accompaniment and it's the rhythm guitar or the keyboard or whatever. And Jim was doing that. And you really need that 12th string if you're going to do that effectively. So sure. I'll stop right there for that. But that was part of it. And also along the way, after I got that 12th string, it, I bought it from Stick Enterprises. It was a used instrument. It's a, it was a Tarara instrument that I still have, although I've loaned it to someone. I also switched to a different pickup. Sure. So I got an Active 2, which is, it's got the sweepable tone knob, which uh, I really like having. Another thing, I'm a practical person, and my Tarara, you know, it has the chrome tuners. Hmm. And I didn't like having to try and run a string through that. You know, I don't know if it's because my eyes are, 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 are there, but it blends in with a steel string. And so trying to get the darn thing in the little hole when you're trying to change your stupid strings was 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 kind of frustrating. So when I ordered my bamboo that I currently have, hmm. that I'm currently playing, you know, I'm really thankful that you can choose tuners because it really didn't matter to me before. And the appearance doesn't really matter because they're all going to look good. But gosh darn it, this time I got black tuners so that it would be easier to change strings. And that reminds me, note to self, time to order some new strings. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that for, <laughs> with my 10 string as well. I was like, geez. Yeah. And so I have a Tarara for a while. And as I've mentioned, that I've got a bamboo 12 string now that I just took delivery of earlier this year, just before we all went into quarantine, I got my new bamboo stick. So that kind of helped my sanity a little bit. But uh, I bought the bamboo because... I wanted to go back to bamboo. My my first stick was a bamboo 10 string with green poly pearl inlays, and I just loved the way that looked. And I had to trade it in to get my Tarara 12 string. And I love the bamboo look. The Tarara is a beautiful instrument, but I don't really dig it. Sure. I suppose this is kind of a nice segue for us to kind of, if it's okay with Rodrigo, I'd like to hear your experience because as a bassist moving to a rail board, which is so unique and that the back is scalloped in such a way that for me, I, I struggled and was never able to accommodate that, the, the, the difference. But you seem to be do that not only with, you know, like Chapman stick tapping instruments, but with other instruments as well, you move between them so freely. So like what does act two look like for you when you had your second or even third different instrument? So uh, one of the things that, in, in my particular case, that happens is coming from a bass background, I did not want to play anything related to what, what I was already doing. So I, I was kind of bored musically with what I was doing before. So when the stick comes in and the railboard, which was the first one, it comes in, in into my life as a, something completely new. Uh, so I didn't have this tendency to to have a problem or to compare the, the back of the instrument or when my thumb used to rest in comparison to the bass or the double bass or whatever. So the more different, the better, because I wanted a new something. So the thing for me was not what I was trying to do. It was what I was trying to get out of. So that was the first thing. So I never had any problems with the stick because for me, it's always been about trying everything that I couldn't have done with the bass before. So that was the beginning. Uh, and then when I got my second stick, which which was a, a grand Paduke, it was just a matter of, uh, I, I wanted a second st stick just because I was gigging and I needed to have a spare instrument. So the first thing in my mind is, 
if I get, it's not down the road for me, Amit. So it's on the other side of the Atlantic. If I have a problem with the instrument, there's no other stick in Portugal. So it's going to be a really messy thing. So I needed a spare instrument. So I finally convinced my wife to let me buy a second one. And I was searching the internet and uh, uh, somebody on Stickist said, said to me, you should check this Italian site where sometimes Chapman sticks appear there, blah, blah, blah. And so I, I went there and there was this stick for sale. Uh, really cheap. And I wrote the guy and I told him, well, I'm interested in, uh, so we arranged the price. We dropped a little bit off for me to be able to buy a plane ticket back and forth. So we took it off the price, the plane ticket. And one day in the morning, I got up, went to on, a, on an airplane to Italy, to Milan, bought the stick and I was home by, by I don't know, by lunch with a Chapman, new Chapman stick. So it was a, an opportunity thing. What happened with the second instrument, and that's this is because as time passes, we we learn and we we kind of understand a little bit of what we want and the path we are on to. So we, you start getting some clues. So in the meantime, I went to the stick seminar in Mallorca, and I've heard a bunch of guys using the stick up, and I really like the sound of that pickup. So when I got my second stick, which which had the active two, I wrote to Emmett and I wanted and I asked him, "Can you?" adapt a stick up for me to use with this instrument. So Emmett did so and he sent it to me. And so uh, I kind of have took the active two out of the this second instrument and put a, a stick up, which was the sound that I really liked on a wooden instrument. So by then I had two ones. So now I, I'm thinking I should have a spare instrument for both of them because the repertoire on the wooden stick ended up being different from the repertoire on the railboard. So I'm thinking I, I don't need one spare stick, I need two. I need a spare railboard and a spare 12-string. And in the meantime, I see this guy that just invented this tapping instrument with nylon strings, Mark from Dragonfly, he invented one with six strings. So it's like, kind of like a, a bass guitar for tapping acoustic with nylon string. It, it sounded really cool, and I started watching his videos, and I wrote to him, it turned out he already seen some of my videos, and he said, well... If it's for you, I could consider building a 10-string. So we kind of went back and forth, and I eventually asked my wife again for some permission. I said, listen, <laughs> I need a third instrument. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm having, I don't need a spare instrument, but I need two spare instruments. One for the railboard, a spare railboard, and then I need a spare uh, wooden streak. So at this time, there's this guy putting a, a, he invented, came up with a, a tapping instrument, acoustic tapping instrument with nylon strings. This guy in, down in Argentina, Mark Harrington. So I, I wrote him a couple of messages about this instrument. It looked really cool, this little six-string uh, acoustic tapping instrument. Uh, and turns out he already seen some, some of my videos. He liked what I was doing. And he said, well, for you, I might consider building a, a 10 strings. So a couple of months later, I had to ask my wife again for permission to buy a third <laughs> instrument uh, and have this Dragonfly 10-string acoustic delivered. So you may have started a trend, Rodrigo. Yeah. Has he noticed any difference in his sales? Well, to be honest with you, I think I can say this. So he didn't have any orders for any acoustic instrument. I know he listens to this, so he'll, my, he'll verify. Uh, but after the the, the whole building of the 10 string and the first video I posted, I, he kind of like had orders for the rest of this year. <laughs> well, so now I have this problem, which is I need a spare instrument for the three of them. <laughs> so I need three <laughs> plus. 
<laughs> this 10 string 12 string thing i i would even love to have this ability to to have a 12 string acoustic so i talked to mark about this and he it shut me down. It, it didn't answer me back. So it's like just it blocked me from you. Enjoy your 10 string. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have a huge list of instruments I'm going to be needing in the foreseeable future. Anyway, the, the thing is just all of this is because as, as you figure out a little bit more of what you want to do in your own path with the instrument and things become more clear in terms of first one is, of course, 10 strings versus 12. But then there are subtle things that come into play, like the tone. So the, the pickup is very important. In this term, this thing, the, the acoustic instrument is a huge advancement in terms of the colors you can use with a tapping instrument. So there's this bunch of not different kind of music, but different things you can do with music with an acoustic instrument. So everything keeps changing and building and growing as you spend more and more time with your own instruments, which is paths, different paths keep coming up and you want to, you know, go into all of them, to all the directions that you possibly can. So more and more instruments, it's not just so much as is the case of I need this because it's a drug. It's because I need it because I <laughs> think there's something that's worth pursuing if I go down that road and that one and the other one too. So I need all these instruments in my life to be able to do the music I want to do. So that's my perspective on the instruments coming in and and always having to to buy another one so what do you guys think who wants to buy another instrument? <laughs> well so claire you are no stranger to, to having other multiple sticks yeah I, I have three total at this point so yeah i you know i was pretty happy with my little 10 string bamboo but like Gene said, I, I, you know, I had an opportunity to go to the stick dog park with a bunch of uh, seminars and try out a bunch <laughs> of stuff. And, uh, I guess I realized that I wanted a 12 string and I wanted a dark instrument. My bamboo is, you know, it's lighter and I had, um, I had dark dot inlays and I kind of having, having tried some other things, I kind of realized I, I wanted a, um, a dark instrument with light linear inlays. So it actually... <laughs> Getting that grand actually took me some time. Um, I think I originally started, you know, inquiring with Stick Enterprises sometime in 2013, I want to say mid to late. And I really knew exactly what I wanted and I wanted a rosewood grand. I just loved that wood and that's what I wanted. So I was willing to wait for it because I already had another stick anyway. I wasn't in a hurry, but it, it took a while. I'm not sure if they just weren't doing production runs with that wood or I, I'm, I don't really know the reason. Um, I do know, like in, um, I think I was finally able to pay the deposit. I think that was in like April or May of 2014. Um, and I, and I received the instrument in September of 2014. So that was a pretty quick turnaround once I was able to order it, but I did wait a long time. Wow. In the meantime, in summer of 2013, I purchased a, uh, a used Rosewood SG-12. Um, that was kind of a spur of the moment. Oh, this thing's available. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, and it was at a good price. It was actually uh, Greg's uh, SG-12. He put that up for sale. And um, so I grabbed it. And, and I, I should say, I, I kept playing my Bamboo 10-string. Pretty much, I kind of really needed that one to finish out my master's work because all of my my techie stuff was developed for that. So I didn't really, even though I got my, my grand, I think in late 2014, I didn't really start playing it too much until 2015, early 2015. Cause I was still really needing to, to, to work with my 10 string. 
Um, so the cool thing with my SG-12 and my Grand is they're very similar instruments. They're both rosewood. They both have a block pickup. So my and they're both drilled for both pickups. So the SG-12, I think oh, yeah, I got it deal. with. A, yeah, it came with a, it has a the passive, and then I ordered my Grand with an active, and I can swap them out. So they're both drilled, so I can just swap them out and try them out. I tend to stick with the active. It's what I had on my original one. And I, I really like that pickup. I'm kind of similar to Victor. It's just the passive is really cool, but it's just too much to fiddle with. <laughs> it's just too, too many <laughs> options. Too many options. Uh, so, yeah. So I would say my my grand is my main stick. And again, going to 12 strings, um, I think a really big, the, the spacing of the strings took me a lot longer to get used to than I thought it would. You're speaking of the spacing between strings it's between the 10 and, and the then, 12 yeah okay yeah i thought you were talking about the sg12 for a second that's why no nope, no nope, i'll get to that one too that one i don't play as much um that one is really tricky because it's obviously a shorter scale it came with light strings and playing it i had a really hard time getting it in tune and playing it in tune you have a lot less leeway for pressing on the strings and still being in tune and i i actually followed up with uh emmett I wanted to look into getting just medium strings for it because that's what I'm used to. It's a very light touch. Yeah, it's what I'm used to. And Emmett suggested that I keep the light strings on the melody and get mediums on the bass. So it's effectively sort of a custom string set. And I, I've been really happy with that. The The mediums gave me more of kind of the feel that I like on the bass. And, I was, you know, you get used to sort of the lighter strings and the shorter, the, the shorter scale. Yeah, so what about... When you switch to the medium strings on the bass side, I think people would like to know. It might be useful information if someone's not familiar, but it was intonation an issue? Uh, I don't think, I don't remember. I don't think so. Um, I mean, it's the same string length. I mean, maybe the tension's got to be, I, I don't, I don't remember. Like I said, at that point, I was probably already comfortable with, yeah, I guess it's a different tension. So I, it, I don't remember doing a specific setup, but I would have, I, I probably didn't. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, yeah, I probably did need to go back and, and redo the intonation. But at that point, I'd already done it on my 10 and I was kind of familiar with the process. It's actually, it's actually not that hard to do the intonation. You're really just moving the bridge screws sort of forward or back to, to make the string shorter or longer. Was there a difference in tone? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. But again, I, I really love, that's what I love about, that's why I love the grand, those giant bass strings. I love the feel, I love the sound. So kind of gave me a little more closer to that with the SG-12. So I, I do enjoy the SG-12. Uh, the cool thing about my two my two 12 strings now is that my, my grand is in a classic with high bass fourth and so is my SG-12, which means they're effectively about a fifth apart. So it's not really too hard to switch between them. Um, I just kind of think relative instead of specific, and I, I can kind of get through it. When you say relative, you mean in terms of the the markings, the the dots, or the in, in terms of what the the difference between the strings? Yeah, you know, my reference on the grand is, I guess, more of a C, and on the on the SG twelve, it's more of a G. So do the notes stay in the same place? No. In terms of the the markings, no, it's different. No, that's what that's what I'm saying. They're a fifth off. Okay. Which on, on the bass is kind of easy because it's just a string. I shift by a string. Oh, I mean, right. I guess it's kind of similar on the melody. It's it's just, I don't know, for some reason it it hasn't been that difficult for me. I have gone back. My my 
10 string, I removed the, and I, I should say on my grand, I also got the, the dual MIDI pickups um, on that one. And that was a bit of a custom install on the back as opposed to the sides. It's more of an aesthetic thing for me. And on my on my 10 string, I've gone back. I, I kind of removed the MIDI pickups because I wasn't using them anymore. I've, I've shifted all that to the grand. And I've got that one set up as a dual bass reciprocal. Um, which I don't use that much. It's really fun, um, but I, I haven't played it that much. Um, what I really like is my three instruments are just very different personalities. So it's just I can do different things with them. If I were to get another instrument, it would probably be another grand. <laughs> That's cool that you've got you know you've got these three instruments by the same manufacturer, the same playing concepts, but you've got different character to all of them and. Yeah, that's, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people, maybe that's, it's always been this way and I've just noticed it, but at least on Stickist, it seems like I'm noticing a fair number of people are buying the SG-12 and, uh, you know, you among them. Like I said, for me, it was more of an opportunity. It kind of came up. I don't know that it wasn't like I said, oh, I should get that. It was just a very spur of the moment thing and I'm, I'm glad I got it. Right. Yeah, you, you can't you can't pass on an opportunity like that. If it comes and you have the money, yeah, why yeah, not? It, it was just an easy thing to, you know, and, and honestly, like I said at the time, th those three years that I was working on my master's, I didn't really have time to work on anything else but looking more at my 10-string. But since then, I've kind of explored a bit more with them. But, it, right. but it's fun. And, and, and like I said, I think my grand is my main instrument, and I'm, you know, I'm happy with it. What would be it. different about a new one? It, there, there wouldn't be. <laughs> I oh, mean, it oh, was okay. just if I if I got another stick, it would be another grand as a backup. I've kind of joked of having you know one in my office at work. Um, it doesn't really hold right now because I'm working from home right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, or as a backup, but like I'm not like a professional stickist. I don't really play out with it too much. So having a backup isn't really as critical as someone like Rodrigo. Well, you know, you've got space along your wall for one more instrument to sit, right? <laughs> I got space for a lot more instruments, but uh, yeah. Okay, so what about you, Mr. Perry? So my second stick uh, was a Paduke stick. And I remember distinctly, it was number 130. And so this stick had a wood bridge. So it, was, it predated the, the metal bridges. And so there was a lot of customizations done to it. Now, when you say a wood bridge, uh, that's that's non-adjustable, right? That's right. It was just like he cut holes into the back of the instrument, right? Okay. And, and so now you have to keep in mind that with that type of instrument, you can still add a wood bridge. And so what he did was this, <laughs> shortly after I purchased it, he's like, hey, we've got these bridges now. And it's like 
a phenomenon. It's, you know, like maybe you want one. And I was like, yeah, I do actually. And so he finessed it so that he was able to get the wood, the metal bridge onto a traditional wood instrument. And I think that he had probably experimented with this sort of thing before, but it left this very razor thin piece of wood in between, like the bridge, it's hard to explain. I'm gonna try. So you put the metal bridge where you have to chisel out some of the wood, but you don't have that little rounded butt on the bottom where you can actually set the instrument down. Oh yeah, the rounded tailpiece. Didn't have tailpiece, exactly. So a more elegant way of saying, but. So uh, you can't really set it down without having, like actually doing some damage to the instrument. And I had this instrument for so, so long. I had it for years and years and years. And it, I remember I did actually damage that wood part or it fell over and it kind of nicked it. And that I'd sent the instrument in to get a passive four. This, this instrument had gone through so many different iterations. Um, and actually he signed the back of it. And I, I wish that I still had that instrument because it was so sweet what he said. He said to my friend, Gene Perry, Emma Chapman, something like that, something really nice. He hacked it in there with a Dremel. And um, like Jackass, I sold it. But um, what he had done on the back of the bridge is he actually, without me asking, he kind of filed it down so that he kind of finessed out the nick and the base of the tailpiece. And- uh, Oh, sweet. And it was so fine. I mean, the wood was like, I mean, picture like the reed of like a saxophone. I mean, it was, it was razor thin. And he's like, you know, Gene, I would recommend that you lay that instrument on its side. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I didn't ask you to do that. I didn't say it in that way. I thought it, of course, but I was going to say it, but because you can kind of nudge him a little bit. I said, I noticed that you kind of buffed out the bottom of the instrument where that nick was. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a bit of stick magic. Quoting <laughs> <laughs> him in chat, and he's like, that's a bit of... And he like held up his hands like he had fairy dust or something. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and then I sold the stick, right? That he had like chiseled my, anyways, just won't do that again. Oh, wow. So that was my second answer. It was a Paduke. And ever since then, I fell in love with Paduke. And so then about 2000, 2006 or something, I, I, I got actually what I considered to be, oh, actually, that's not true. Then I had a third, so I guess I'll keep going. So then I got a walnut 12 string. Well, he's on his eighth stick, so this should... This could take a while. I ordered the ninth. I got to tell you guys, I got ordered the ninth. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, my God. too. Oh, Gene. You need help, Gene. I know. Anyways, so yeah, something's got to go. So actually, the, the Maple 12 string will probably be up for sale. Um, <gasps> we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. We gotta, we, okay, I'm sorry. I can't let this uh, pass. I just totally. You ordered a new one and you ordered a 10. You're like, this is. I think my mic's not working. I think the mic, oh, look, look yeah, at the time. Yeah, mic's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Gene, Gene, maybe it's simpler. Like, how many sticks do you have currently? Maybe three, that's... just like you, okay. little miss. Okay. okay. Well, you just ordered one, so you'll have four. That's true. Well, I have to, I can't have four. I, I can't have four sticks. It's ridiculous. Wait, do you still have the polycarb or did you get rid of that one? The graphite. The graphite, sorry. Yes. I sold the graphite to afford the bamboo 12er. Gotcha. So that was a that was a fair trade. And so I got that. And that bamboo, like you were saying, it was kind of like the, like your 12 string purchase. It was just like, hey, look, it's out there. I'm gonna buy it. And this was the one with the the um hybrid pickup. 
<laughs> which which I now hate because it's like when you're trying to record it, it's like it's active. It's not active. They're bleeding over into each other. It's a nightmare. Like whose idea was this? You know, like Tom and Greg and all these guys are like, it's so cool. I've got active in one side and passive in another. I'm like, it's a nightmare to try and record. But they're so familiar with that sort of thing. And they know how to use preamps and they're. They got tons of gear. It does sound really cool. It they know what they're doing. <laughs> you have to, there's like, there's like, there's, there's, there's that. Who know what they're doing. And then there's like Gene over here. So like, <laughs> I can so take You're going to keep that one though. You're going to keep the hybrid pickup though of your two 12 strings. We'll get back to this part of the story. Come on, go, go backwards okay. a little bit. So, so stick number yeah, four. <laughs> thank you, Rodrigo. So stick number three. So three. stick number three. Uh, so stick number three be- became the, the, the Walnut 12 string, which I liked. And I adapted the new tuning too. Um, and it has stick up and it was a 12 string and it had the metal bridge. And this was before the dual flaps. Um, so it was still kind of like, I don't know if it was a 34 inch scale instrument. I think it still was. But then um, I, I sold the the 12 string for like 900 bucks. It's like, <laughs> wow, who sells a stick for 900 bucks? This would have been like so many years ago. And I could, we can go on with all the next sticks and the next sticks and the next sticks. But one of the big revelations for me, like with like the second stick, my 10 string with the old 5101 here, which is this, the 10 string Paduke, which is what they'll bury me with, is the X fret. <laughs> so the biggest revelation for me was the X fret. And then all of a sudden I'm playing, having to interpret and play pieces differently. And people who go back and forth between an instrument that does and doesn't have an X fret, Kevin Keith and do so without any sort of loss of functionality or where they are on the fretboard. To me, that's just like phenomenon. It's like when a horn player calls out a song in E flat, you know, and all the bassists are like, E flat, can't do F, you know, like, and uh, (laughs) having to make that adjustment was like the biggest second stick kind of revelation that I had was the X fret was the introduction of two more inches on the instrument. And so for me, that was like a huge pivot. And so all these pieces that I thought I knew, I was like, well, wow, I got to, I got to kind of start again on these. And so that mo- that was a huge motivation for me when I figured out how to kind of embrace the X fret and that I understood how that works. Also, uh, the linear inlay, like on the second instrument, I had this dark instrument with a white fret marker on it. And I had had a 12 string uh, Paduke that I had gotten that actually traded JRJ for. So uh, he wanted the 12 or I wanted the 10. So we traded, they had the same pickup. They were made like in the same month of one another. They were doppelgangers, right? The only difference was, is one was 12, one was 10, but the 10 string had a white linear inlay. And he said, I really missed that white linear inlay. And he was right. That light colored linear inlay against the dark instrument made all the difference subconsciously even though i try not to look where i play but i do it just was so easy for my mind to adjust to and so that was my big like stick number two um kind of step up or level up was the x fret and the linear inlay and those made a big difference in how uh you know i played the instrument i suppose another one was the adjustable belt hook and uh just being able to have another kind of level of control because the ones that I'd had in the past were fixed. You know, this is such an interesting thing for me to hear because I've never been there. I've always had an adjustable belt hook. I've always had an X fret. 
I've always had linear inlays. I've always had the 3D bridge. I've always had the flaps. I've never known anything different. So it is kind of interesting. You know, I think this is actually a useful conversation for people that want to buy an older used instrument, kind of give them, you know, they can kind of go in with their eyes a little more open than otherwise. But it's interesting to hear you say this, and you called us kids a little while back. And, you know, that's actually kind of apt, you know, young whippersnappers. I had, when I carried my stick to school uphill (laughs) both ways in a driving snowstorm, it didn't have an X fret. Kind of, right? I didn't, couldn't like, like pick between the sticks on the the, the, the surplus on stick.com. I wasn't even a stick.com. We didn't have this fancy dancy internets, you know, like so. But without sounding like too like grumpy old man, like it really is. Um, it's fun to see that the instrument, or it's nice to see that the instrument has evolved. The purchasing process has evolved. You know that they're, they're more staffed. You know the the family is is continuing to you know like be successful. You know in what stick you know stick dot com looks like in the twenty first century. So super exciting. All these little. Um, evolutions within the instrument are not lost on me so this stick um is is adjustable on both sides right here and here and that wasn't always the case and now it's like a divided trust and you can do it four ways and so you know that the instrument continues to evolve gene is talking about uh, the two-way divided truss rod right so with the with screws on both ends that's right that's right and with the rail board i think I'm not sure. Does he use the the, the four way divided truss yeah. on the wood instruments? Okay. Okay. So it has a different function on the wood instruments and the rail board in some ways because on the rail board you're having to push outward uh, to get a flat neck, um, whereas on the wood instruments or the bamboo instruments, it's usually pulling in. I'm sure that that statement is not, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's more or less like that. Yeah. 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 And then what I kind of realized also as a player who's been playing for a long time in kind of a semi-professional kind of format is that, you know, Claire, as you were talking about all your different sticks, I just was like, ah, just like they're not the same. And now I can't play this song on that one. I have to play this song on the other one. But what if I don't have the other one? And then I just was like, that's never going to work for me. That's the thing, Gene. I don't. I don't try to play the same thing on multiple sticks. I play different things on different sticks. So, and Emmett yeah. would love that. Emmett would love that. I mean, he's like, just create. It's a platform. Jump off, you know? And like, you don't have to go on with his preconceived notions. Like, I do the exact opposite. Like, I'm like playing very structured music with both hands, and I'm only playing the same tuning. And Emmett's kind of like, hmm. But that works for you. To each their own, I guess. You know, like, yeah, I mean that, that that works for you, so great, you know. <laughs> so I, yeah, and I kind of rib him, you know, about that, and he ribs me about it. He's like, "What?" It's like just improvise. He's like, "Make some stuff up." Just so, just- Gene, here's maybe a question for you: If you want all your sticks to be the same, all the same tuning, oh, you know where go. this is going. Don't do it. <laughs> why? Why the multiple? I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm actually why do you genuinely. Keep on- <laughs> Curious, why do you keep getting more sticks and different kinds? And here's the thing for the longest time, I only had one stick. I had 5101, which is my Paduke linear inlay active to, you know, all the Freehands Academies. Like, and actually, I had to, I had to sell my beloved 10 string 130, which Emmett had signed to afford the first Freehands Academy. So, wow. Yeah. Boy. That was like, I had to put down money. 
I had to make that happen. And I, that was the, a short period of time in which I had two sticks. And that would have been 2013. So flash forward to 2017, it's like El Nino. It's like, you know, El Nino comes every seven years here in California. It just rains like crazy. It's like, here comes Gene's 12-string itch, you know, like, bam, time to get 12-string. Set your watch. <laughs> you know, like six months later, bam, time to sell the 12-string. And uh, so we, we sold the 12-string. But what I really want or what I'm really noticing with this maple 12-string is it's the smaller fret three sixteenths of an inch and Claire I remember you talking about it years ago and thinking oh she's just making a fuss you know and then I got it and I'm like <laughs> what is this you know and like now I'm I'm seeing I'm having to everything feels different so here's sticks number three I mean like technically because all the instruments I've been playing were the original kind of larger rails um, and I'm not quite sure what the size on the rail is but it's a different instrument and it's so precise and I'm used to playing a little sloppy, I guess, you know, and those larger rails kind of allow me to just kind of do what I need to do. But like when you play the smaller rails, boy, you have to tighten up and you have to straighten up and you have to hit everything right on the spot. So sorry, Gene, sorry, but I, I actually didn't mention that with my, with my grand when I got it, it was one of, I think it was in the first or second production run that had the smaller frets. And at the time, it was a bit of a thing for me because I, I wasn't expecting it, I guess, was my biggest problem with it. And, and they do, they feel pretty different. And at the time, I, I got in touch with Emmett and I, you know, I, I kept the stick because I wanted to kind of see how it worked, um, figuring, you know, if I didn't like the frets, I could always get a used one or something else. Um, and it's interesting because it, you know, it took me a little time to get used to it. Um, but you're, you're right. There's a lot less leeway, I think, in it. But, but on some level, I, I feel like... I feel like if I can play it on the smaller frets, I can play it on the bigger frets. Mm -hmm. So, on, and, I, and I think the the other way is not true, in a way. I'm loving proof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what that means, but and and I think actually he's gone with something in between at this point. I think yeah. the current production instruments are sort of a. So just to make this clear and for me to understand, so the smaller rails are less forgiving in terms you, you need to have a more accurate technique. Is that it? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I feel I, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. So there's less margin of error, right? Right. So my new bamboo 12 string that I took delivery of earlier this year has those mid-size rails. I had played an instrument with the short rails at Stick Camp Canada. And so I knew what it felt like. And if I'm really trying, I can feel that they're different. If I like pick up a large rail instrument and then I pick up a medium rail instrument, I can tell that they're different if I'm looking for it. But if I'm just playing it, it really doesn't feel a whole lot different from the large rails. Now that's my experience. A different player you know, may say, wow, these things feel totally different. I can totally tell. Mm -hmm. I think the smaller ones were actually the same rails as he's been using on the the NS sticks. Oh. I, I want to say they're 5 sixteenths. The, the, the newer one were 5 sixteenths, but I'm trying to confirm that right now. Okay, so here we are. In January of 2020, Emmett introduced the medium-sized rail, and the message from Emmett is... We are now producing all our hardwood and bamboo stick fretboard tapping instruments with new medium-sized rails. We introduced our patented rails precision tapping system in 2000. 
originally made from 3 square stainless steel bars stocked and rotated 90 degrees and pointed up. So he literally took a square piece of metal, turned it on its side, and then like basically made Up the rail. The it. Yeah, so th those were just kind of inserted into the fretboard. And it says in 2010, they replaced the jumbo bass guitar frets on the end of stick with smaller one-eighth inch rails, which gave a precision tapping feel without being noticeably different in height from traditional electric bass guitars. In 2013, the smaller rails became the standard. So that's one-eighth of an inch. Okay, so... We went from, uh, you said... Uh, three sixteenths. So that's, uh, if we look in 30 seconds, we went from six thirty seconds down to four thirty seconds, and now we're at five thirty seconds today. Pretty much. So he says, the smaller size made for a more attractive instrument with less wood replaced by the rails with a simply diamond shape as seen from the side, replacing the five-sided truncated shape of the large rails. It's also more fingertip contact with the fretboard surface. And Claire, you mentioned this that you're actually, your finger touches the wood, right? Yep. So different experience, preferred by many players over the larger rails, but not all like me. <laughs> so now we split the difference. Our new Goldilocks rails are made from five thirty seconds inch. Square stock with slightly higher, with right. tips slightly higher off the fretboard. So I think it's that sensation that he was going for, not so much the size, just like less, like basically skin on the wood. Yeah, I mean, technically, the 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 in theory, if your if your instrument is set correctly, the the difference from the string to the fret tip is always the same. It kind of just changes where that happens mm. in height to the fretboard itself. You know, originally when I got mine, that's what I noticed is that more of my finger was touching the the fretboard, and it was it just felt very different. I've I've gotten used to it, but it just felt pretty different at the time. It'd be interesting to try the, the other rails too. Um, he's right. It does look really gorgeous. I see much more of the wood <laughs> and I, and I think on the SG 12, it must be a really, honestly, a big advantage to have the, the smaller, the smaller ones. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it has probably a, a bigger impact on the, the SG, the, the shorter scale. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, so for me, it's, it's, it's um the 12 string was kind of like this, anomaly that just came around and somebody really wanted to get rid of it quickly. And so, you know, I'm going to basically sell it to a Ford one that can replace it with, um, with these new frets. So that's what I wanted to try. Truth be told, true story, never had a stick made. So I've never told Emmett, I want this, I want this, and I want that. I've always bought them used or whatever he had laying around. And so this is on stick number nine or stick number eight, whatever it may be. I'm getting the exact one that I want. Anyways, listen, we've covered a lot of ground here. We've covered a lot of our first stick, our second stick, you know, second and third alternate, you know, tappers. I think to kind of summarize, and I think maybe Rod, I'll start with you. Like, I'm not quite sure what it is about my next stick that I want. I know that I'm okay with selling sticks to afford new sticks, but as the technology changes, I'm always curious to try it. And I'm curious to know, like, would you agree with that? Or maybe tell me a little bit about what your next stick is or why you want or why you think you need it. Actually, that's a pretty good question. I think in my personal perspective, the next stick will always be something that I feel in advance 
it's needed that I it's a tool that I need to make a specific kind of sound tone music whatever so that's my that's what drives me that and having spare instruments so I won't embrace anything new just because it's new I will do it if I feel there's a, a there's something to gain with it in terms of, of possible expression that I do not have now or control over the instrument that I might have in the future something like the the dual truss rod it's not something that changes the tone but it's quite obvious that if you can use it in, in four different angles than rather than two it's a it's a big improvement so that okay sure I'll change that but I won't buy an instrument off of it so for me personally it's it'll have to be something about music same thing with the the, the electronics part of the of the, the effects chain and all that. Just if I have what I need in terms of tone, I will not look outside of, of what I have in terms of what, what else is there. If I'm happy, I'm happy. Gotcha. That is a cool answer. That is a really <laughs> cool answer because Rodrigo Sorau is about making the instrument serve his needs and this instrument serves his needs better than anything else he had found before. Was well, a pro... As a pro, you can't do the impulse buys. It's like I have to actually go out and like play for somebody and yeah. be in front of somebody. Like so that 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 to me that makes perfect sense. There's yeah. a practicality to it. And Emmett said something to me once that, that I or wrote in one of the emails I exchanged with him. Said something about uh, because we were talking about this thing of selling used sticks to buy new ones. What you were saying, Gene? Emmett said, "I'm the person in the world that's least attached to any instrument because it's a tool. For him, it's just the tool." to make whatever you want to do. So, and I kind of feel it like that also. So uh, I'm, I'm more attached to my instrument. So it's a, if it's a part of my history, I'll have a hard time selling one instrument. But it's, it is a tool. Furthermore, it's, even, it's more than a tool. It's something that allows you to be a better musician and it allows you to show, it shows you different ways that you would not have thought before. So it's, a, it's an inspiring tool. But nevertheless, it's just a tool because in, in the end it will be, your hard work and your ideas and whatever that will make the what you want to do, which is what you've said in the beginning, which is the illusion of making music. So uh, it's all about that, and in my own personal view. So uh, I think it, the stick is amazing, or whatever fretboard tapping instrument. They're all amazing, but they are tools to make music. So that's the the bottom line. Sure. So, um, kind of Claire, I'm saving you for last because I feel like. You're the next person amongst us that's probably going to get an instrument, right? You're, so, so Vic, I want to ask you, you, you've just recently got a stick, right, in the last year, and you're very content with it. Like, what is it about this stick that made your stick dreams come true? I think you've just said it um, better than I think I would if I was trying to figure out what I'm going to say, and you've, you hit on that. I'm content. I don't see myself getting another stick. You know, ask me that question in six months, the answer might change. But you have a standing gig, right? I mean, you have a standing gig. Yeah, I mean, it's not a gig that I get, that I that I really have to stretch a whole. Still lot. though, it's like but, you're in front of people, yeah. and people want to hear the song, and the people in the band are depending on you to lay it down. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, so I'm content, and you know, it's six months after I've gotten my new bamboo. When I reach up to take it off the wall to play it, I still go ah, yeah, <laughs> and that's all I need. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I like that. We all we all can all relate to that. Ah, thank yeah. You. Like with you, with you and Rod, though, it's like when you when you have something consistent, it, it feels like 
I can't just like add a new stick with like a new pickup and like, you know, different color inlays. It's going to, it's like, it's going to, it's going to change. If, you know, uh, I've got this. I still haven't figured out the last one. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, Which yeah, brings me to Claire Steger, who's got three instruments with three different tunings, three different numbers of strings, like different, like, what comes next, Claire? What, what's the next chapter? When stick to rule them all. I think what comes next is just continuing to discover what those sticks do. Like I, I it's funny. Like, like now that I think about it, I bought all three of my sticks within two years of getting my first one, and I haven't bought one in six years. Right. So at this point, my last stick was 2014. I mean, I, I I'm definitely one of those people that gets attached to to specific instruments and um i think you know my grand i i waited a long time for my grand and i ordered exactly what i wanted mm -hmm. um and it's i think it's a gorgeous instrument i love that rosewood and it's it's home to me you know yeah. so um i think like i said if i if i get another one it's just another it would probably be another rosewood or other darkwood grand similar setup i mean i don't think i need multiple sticks with with hexaphonic pickups but um, I think for me, it's really more, I have what I need. Um, I'm happy with them and, and I, there's so much more I can do with what I already have, I think is kind of what I need to focus on. Sure. Sure. You know, none of us has said this and, and I may take this and put it back, but if I, if you said, Victor, you have to buy a new stick. Here we go. A grand rail board would be on my radar. I don't want one, but I am intrigued because, you know, I'm a mechanical engineer and I have a certain point of view with what it takes to build one of those things and the challenges and trying to cut the weight down. And, you know, he made a headstock that isn't, you know, that's plastic. Granted, it's glass filled plastic. That's how you deal with creep, which is an engineering term where stress over time makes something deform. And he found a way to deal with that. And all the engineering geekiness that goes into it. You know, that actually has a lot of appeal to me just because, you know, I look at that and I have a slightly different appreciation of that because that's that's what I do in my day job. And my day job, I do things, I design things that are cool and that are wonderfully challenging and, and sometimes are of great benefit to humanity and stuff. But they're not things that I'm passionate about on a personal level. So, you know, yeah, if I was going to get a new stick, it might be a grand rail board. That's a great note tip. Go ahead, Claire. I was going to say, you want to end, but um, what are you trading your maple for what are you oh i thought you'd never ask what are you <laughs> here we go again you never really answered my questions of why you oh look at the time look at the time <laughs> so what do you what, what's your next stick so i i figured out that i really do like the feel and the brightness of maple while you can't see it back at home i'm showing the three of them these two instruments and you'll see the bamboo on the right which is a darker, warmer wood, and the maple on the left, which is this white, hot, bright maple wood. And it's got black linear inlays, and it just lights up. And I, I really liked everything about that instrument. There's nothing I didn't like about it other than it's 12 strings. <laughs> I said it. There, I said it. So, um, but I figured I'm, I'm keeping the, the bamboo 12 string. I like it. It's very customized. It's a bit of a kind of a museum piece for me because um, it has this unique pickup. It has MIDI, you know, and, and then there's this kind of sentimental value to it. It has the larger rails. The, the new instrument will be, um, it'll have blue poly pearl inlays. 
and it will have um, a, a stick up. So I haven't had a stick up since I started playing the instrument. I've been on an active two for the past 12 years. And so I really like the sound of the stick up. And so it will be a stick up. And then the tuners are going to be, um, I probably will go with black open hip shots. So that's the. It's your first order of a stick to stick enterprises, just exactly the, the thing you imagine. <laughs> I have like little teeny clappy hands right now because I'm like, I'm getting the one exact one that I want. And uh, I remember Grace saying, you know, it's like, we can put a different color, you know, linear inlay in each position if you want. And I'm like, no, no, don't say that. Don't like, I just want blue. <laughs> <laughs> you Squirrel. can get like a rainbow? Wow. A rainbow. Oh my goodness. That is That's amazing. Of that. I thought about it. I was like, orange, blue, green. And now I have to choose the order of the color. You know what I'm like? Oh no, no, it just has to Too be black. To just, just black or, or blue. Even. <laughs> I, I do know this about Gene that if if you ever start talking about getting rid of that Paduke ten, ten string, no. I know I need to fly to California and do an intervention. <laughs> no, it's it's right there. It's right there. And, and it is a it is such a fine instrument. And it's really it really did become the instrument by which I compare all other instruments to. So even when you're at the dog park, the one I have on the No, that one that right, one's is, your that's the one I have on the leash. Yeah. So bottom line and closing up. Uh, oh, wow. Well, you all, we all know that Gene's going to end up selling his current Maple 12 string. Because I want to afford this new string. And this is another one of these kind of situations that favor the 10 string player. And that is, is I can get a little bit more for a 12 string. Right. Um, cool. But it is a bit, it's so funny. Claire's like, why don't you just put an active two in it? And I was like, don't complicate things, Claire Steger. Because I remember seeing how I didn't like to pass the form. She's like, just swap out the pickups, tough guy. And I was like, <laughs> I oh, want to wow. try the new rails. That's so that's really that's really what I'm after. Yeah. Speaking of rails, this thing has gone off them. And <laughs> completely. A lot of derailing on our talk about yeah. our instruments. Let me say one last thing. And Vic, I really thought that the really the great kind of stepping off point for us was was the the mastery of the 12 string rail board and how it is such a a thing to behold considering the you know obviously it's got to have perfect intonation and then you've got to get the r block on there and make that work and he had done so well with the 10 string and now along comes the 12 string of course followed shortly by the alto it's it is each instrument is this little teeny miracle and um how I loved hearing you explain as an engineer how much you appreciate being able to have something that not is just a great instrument, but that it works and seeing how it was designed, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay, well, I think maybe, just maybe, it's time to wrap this thing up before we hit three hours of content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it was nice talking to you two guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you out there that are with us still at this point, thanks for listening. We always appreciate when y'all come along. And we hope that sometime in the next day or so, you'll be able to pick up your instrument and play for a while. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Before we go, let's hit the musical credits for this episode. In the first interlude, we heard Sparta by James Swan. And that second interlude was our own Gene Perry's Plucky captured live at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory Talent Show in 2018. We welcome your comments. You can contact us by email at tapintimepodcast at gmail.com. 